Perspective Audio Podcast, broadcasting out of the Rio Grande Valley of South Texas, hosted by Christian Salinas. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode. I am your host, Christian Salinas. Uh, before we get started, I just want to uh, make sure to say thank you to everyone at the Cine Soul Film Festival. Uh, they put on a great event this past weekend. Uh, although, unfortunately, we weren't able to cover all of it, we did get to be at some of the panel discussions. So stay tuned for the end of this podcast where we'll have some announcements regarding our coverage of the film festival. Now, starting next week, uh, September 26, 2011, the University of Texas Pan American in Edinburgh, Texas, will be the temporary home uh, of an amazing uh, historical exhibit dedicated to the ancient Egyptian civilization that will have a special focus on arguably Egypt's most famous pharaoh, Tut Ankhamun or perhaps most famously known as King Tut. So who was King Tut? Uh, Why was he so famous? And why should we be interested in going to see this exhibit? Well, University Representative Terry Garcia was more than happy to answer these questions. Um, Good morning to, of course, everybody listening to the podcast today. My name is Terry Garcia, and I am in the very fortunate position of being in our learning center, the Learning Assistance Center in the University of Texas Pan American. Ms. Garcia is a member of the exhibit committee that worked very hard to help bring the King Tut exhibit to the Rio Grande Valley. Uh, We asked her if she could give us a little bit of a crash course on the history of King Tut Ankhamun. Tut Ankhamun was a pharaoh and actually was part of um, the Egyptian dynasty, all right? He ruled Egypt between 1333 and 1323 B.C., and I think what we have to remember about ancient Egypt is that that was a civilization that was thriving for over 3,000 years. And when we put it in that context, you know, many of our nations today are much younger than that. And so the, you know, the Egyptians and, of course, King Tut Ankhamun was part of this thriving dynasty that gave us elements like the calendar. They had a calendar very similar to ours, you know, 365 days in a year. They gave us some of the the first writing systems, you know, hieroglyphs. And so to have an a exhibit here in the Rio Grande Valley that has pieces that have been that were that are in the Cairo Museum. They are in Valley of the Kings. We have some pieces that are from our New York, one of our museums in New York. To have that available here for the community, it's just amazing. And again, King Tut ruled, you know, ruled Egypt. What he's most, I think, remembered by by his people at that particular time is he wasn't a particularly, I guess, in, in terms of you think of a of, of a king that um, produced a lot. One of the main things he did was return the Egyptian people to their religion. You know, they had a multi-god, multi-theistic kind of religion, and his father had kind of moved him away from that to a monotheistic religion. And I think that was something that, that there was a lot of culture change with that. So when King Tutankhamun brought the, brought the multiple gods back to the people, 
that is what really put him into the heart of the people. Um, I know a lot of people will wonder, well, if he's only known for kind of bringing the, the traditional religion back to the Egyptians, why is he so commonly thought of and often the first person we think of when we think of ancient Egypt? And the reason for that is that his tomb was relatively undisturbed. Um, what happened with future pharaohs is they sort of um, try to get the people away from King Tut Ankamun. They try to move him away from that, I guess, because of his popularity, because of the bringing back of the religion. And they sort of hid his his burial ground. They hid his artifacts. But the good thing was they didn't get raided by the by thieves as easily. So that's why in 1922, when the tomb was rediscovered, we have so much of his particular pieces remaining. You know, and this is what some of what you'll get to see if you're able to make it out to the exhibit this this semester. Ms. Garcia brought up how King Tut and the entire Egyptian civilization existed thousands of years ago, which led us to ask, how could anything that existed so long ago have any relevance to modern-day civilization? Um, for one thing, with the ancient Egyptians, we've got to remember that one of the things that they, they left us was the first writing systems. You know, often when we think of the hieroglyphs, the hieroglyphics, we have a lot of modern um, movies that are based on those particular um, writing system, you know, introducing a writing system. And not only introducing it, but one thing that the Egyptians did is they valued it. And what do I mean by that, that they valued the writing, they valued the reading of the hieroglyphs? Ancient Egypt, like as as many societies, had its it, you know had its title. It had classes, right? So there were often agricultural workers, and of course, children of agricultural workers would often grow up to be agricultural workers. There were individuals that had other titles, like perhaps they were in in the government and such of the in governance of shared governance or some kind of governance in terms of Egypt. Well, the way that individuals could sort of break out of their particular um, states that they were born to is through education. By learning how to write and read hieroglyphs, that was a, a method to become socially mobile in ancient Egypt. And what does that remind you of? That reminds you of what we do in modern day society, which we often encourage our children and our communities to educate themselves, you know, to take advantage of post-secondary opportunities in community colleges and universities, um, post-secondary trainings, and as a way not to get a better job, but to actually improve their lot in society. And the ancient Egyptians were some of the first to do this. So I think that is one of the things that I value most about their society, is to have a mechanism for social mobility affiliate, you know, associated with educating oneself, with learning how to read hieroglyphs, with learning how to write hieroglyphs. This was a way to break out of their social status. And that is something that I think to know that that sort of mechanism was coming into existence 3,000, you know, when over the, well, over the many thousands of years now in terms of ancient Egypt, it's amazing. You know, it's something that should for all of us show us the importance of those sort of activities, not only to our society, but to societies as a whole and the continued thriving of that society.
So clearly, the King Tut exhibit is very unique and extremely educational. But what exactly will Rio Grande Valley residents see when they walk into the exhibit? Um, when they go, they'll get to see things. For example, they will see a mummy, all right, of King Tut. Now it is a reproduction, but the reproduction is of, is of the exact mummy that you would find in Cairo, in the muse- Cairo Museum, if you went there to Valley of the Kings. Um, they will get to see a, a chariot. For example, a chariot that, you know, we think of the Egyptians with their chariots being mobile. They will get to see the golden chariot there at the exhibit. They will get to see uh, many artifacts in terms of pottery, um, pieces of jewelry. They will get to see some of these pieces. They're going to get to see, um, get to read about the particular pieces and where they come from and what they signified in terms of King Tut Ankhamun's kingdom. And so it's something that really everyone can take advantage of. Um, There's artifacts, there's a golden funerary mask, mummification couches, golden chairs, and they'll see some of the weapons and tools that were used. And so this is something that, like I said, I cannot think, you know, I'm trying to think of members of community, you know, usually there's, you know, in terms of the utensils being used, the pottery, the art, the actual mummy, these are all items that I think that would be of interest to, you know, white, to large groups of the community, if not many members of the community. And so these are items that they will be able to see here at UTPA starting September 26th. The public is invited, schools, um, educational groups, they're invited to make reservations and they can actually do a tour of the facility starting September 26th. Um, all as I might continue to add, at no cost to them. This is something that's fully funded by the university and its sponsors that have generously um, signed on to also fund this and bring, really, what you're thinking about is we're bringing parts of Valley of the King, parts of Egypt here. And so it's something that we need to take advantage of and just take as many people and, and, you know, volunteer to bring someone over because you will not be disappointed by what you'll see. In conclusion, we asked Ms. Garcia if she could recap the specific details about the exhibit. Um, again, the exhibit it will be available starting September 26, which is this coming Monday, through January 4, 2012. Um, it's in the UTPA's Visitor Center. It's free and it's open to the public. Schools are invited to schedule tours. Um, it is open bet- Monday through Friday between 9 and 5 and Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m., all right? Um, you, what, what individuals interested in scheduling a tour, they could go to the main website, which is www.utpa.edu. And on that page at the bottom of the website, they're going to see a scrolling banner where you can um, click on arrows to go back and forth among elements of the banner. And we do have one of the elements as the... Um, the King Tut exhibit. So what they can do is schedule a tour from there. And we'll accommodate groups of all sizes. And of course, there is no rule saying that you can only go once to the exhibit. Ms. Garcia pointed out how there are several options available. You could simply go, uh, walk around, and explore on your own on one day. And you could sign up for a guided tour on another day. Plus, there are special events uh, related to the exhibit. 
people can just come in during the scheduled times, which is Monday, Friday, 9 to 5. They can come in and just walk around and take in parts of it as they, you know, as they choose to individually. But our staff will provide guided tours. Um, the only thing is with those is that we do ask that you, you reserve a time just so that we'll have a tour guide available for you that can take you through through the different pieces. And again, we do have hours on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. because for I know for a lot of individuals, they're busy during the week, Monday through Friday, but Saturday may be a time when we can bring some of those community members in between 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. So they're welcome to come in and view the exhibit individually. Or again, if they're coming in a group, it is really helpful to make a reservation just so that we can ensure that we have a a staff member ready to to tour you. Um, affiliate associated with that, and this is something. It can be you know an event that you do over 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 a length of period of time, because beginning September 27th, which is um, the Tuesday night, so it's not the Monday that it, the exhibit opens, but September 27th, Tuesday night, we're going to have Stars of the Pharaohs, and it's a 35 minute. Um, presentation in our UTPA HEB planetarium and that is also free by the way all you've got to do is get here on time I think the day of community day with HESTEC they actually encourage reservations but there is no cost to actually view the the um, the video the, the the video in the called stars of the pharaohs and it'll be in the planetarium. So it's kind of neat to see because, you know, they do the projection and you get to feel the full effect of that. And it starts September 27th, Tuesday night, and it's 6, 7, 8, and 9 are the show times. And that's a 35-minute um, presentation. And so it takes, it takes the audience to ancient Egypt. You know, what you were asking about the technology with ancient Egypt, well, this this um, particular showing would be perfect for that because it actually tells you about how science was used to tell time, how they used science to align, you know, the pyramids that we always talk about, how perfectly they're aligned considering that they were built so many years ago. Um, it talks about that sort of phenomena. So this would be a wonderful, I think, piece to accompany. You know, let's go to the visitor center and check out the exhibit and then maybe end at the planetarium. All on the UTPA campus and all of those are free of charge. Yes. So all you've got to do is more make the time and then just find a way to connect here with the visitor center. Ms. Garcia also added that picture taking is allowed at the exhibit just as long as your camera's flash is turned off. Now this is a measure taken of course to protect the very old and very delicate artifacts. And that's it for this week's episode. We absolutely want to thank Ms. Terry Garcia for taking the time to talk to us. In way of announcements, uh, a few weeks back, uh, we had mentioned how we were working on creating a second audio podcast show. And uh, we actually were well into production when we decided to take a different direction. Now, over the past few weeks, uh, we have had the privilege of covering several amazing events, uh, such as Maxwell Magazine's uh, launch party, and of course the Cinesol Film Festival, and there are several upcoming live events on our schedule, but uh, being that we try to keep this podcast limited to about 20 to 30 minutes, there's a lot of great content that we don't get to share with our listeners. So we started thinking that maybe our second podcast could serve as a special features bonus content type show uh, that will be fully dedicated to our recordings of live events 
that we cover here in the Valley, with limited uh, commentary and editing. This won't be a scheduled podcast, uh, since we don't cover events every week of the year, uh, but we do plan on producing an episode uh, right after each event that we do cover. So feel free to stay updated on our website at uh, bpscast.com. Again, that's bpscast.com. The first couple episodes of this new podcast will feature uh, the panel discussions that we covered at the Cinesol Film Festival. And uh, we do plan on broadcasting these over the next few days. Again, we want to thank everybody for your continued support. We welcome any and all feedback. You can reach us on our Facebook page or via our email, uh, bpscast at gmail.com. For Border Perspective, I'm Christian Salinas, and as always, we thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading the Border Perspective audio podcast. You can find archives of past episodes, more information about all our guests, and our most recent contact information on our website, www.bpscast.com. Produced by Border Perspective Studios, an independent digital media company.